0: Hello, welcome to a special edition of the Spurs Show, live from the Albany, Great Portland Streets. What a crowd, what a crowd. You too can be at these wonderful monthly events. Go to season.spurshow.net, join us next month. Next month we've got David Pleat with us live, that'll be a wonderful show as well. Well over the years, 15 years we've been doing this tawdry show, we've done various sort of versions of the show and during the lockdown we did uh greatest goals greatest players top 10 tottenham but we've never taken tottenham legends to talk about the greatest players they played with in the lily white shirt so tonight we're doing that but also joining us to hopefully chip in and ask various questions please welcome my co-host mr theo delaney yeah. hello Also joining us, the journalist and author, Mr. Martin Lipton. Yeah. And the man you've all downloaded, streamed to hear, wherever you are around the world. Uh, I got this. did this last week, I got it right, so I'm going to go flying in. 367 appearances for Tottenham, 174 goals. Tottenham and England's Martin Chivers. Yeah. Tonight we're gonna we're gonna look at your greatest Tottenham eleven, um, and for those of you at home, we do have little clips that sadly those of you here live won't hear. <laughs> 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 That's what happens. The like screen comes down and videos. No, none of that. This is high tech. You should feel shortchanged because you have been shortchanged. Uh, <laughs> And in fairness, out of all the positions, when I, I kind of went through, there's a few, I think, quite interesting, Bloody I would say controversial, but like, oh, that's all i never thought about him. But probably out of all, no, that's not true, probably out of all the players, there's probably about three or four that I think no one would disagree with. And oh. certainly your time at Spurs, 1968 to 1976, you only played, I think, under one goalkeeper. So yeah. I suppose if you went like most fans, you went to Spurs <laughs> you can go Ditchburn ditch Brown, Jennings Clements, Lloris, probably the greatest it, Tottenham yeah. keepers There's only one for you, isn't there? Mr. Mister Pat Jennings. Absolutely And let's uh, have a little listen to one of his great saves now That's
2: there from the big fellow Martin Chevers Craig with his hands over his head he really got hold of this on the ball and turned away by Pat Jennings
1: who was in advance
2: of the six yard line.
0: Pat Jennings I mean I know still to this day a very good friend you both very kindly did our Christmas show Yep. Um, someone you still socialised with What was he like? Because he he was quite young when he came to Tottenham from from Watford. He was there about four years, proxy before you. So when you got to Tottenham, he was already, obviously, an FA Cup winner, quite seasoned. How did you find him then um, as a person and, and, and training with him? And what was he like to play with on the pitch?
3: Well, as far as being a friend, he had friends within that team, uh, Mike England, Cyril Knowles and Pat lived with a stone's throw from each other. Right. So they were they were a part, of, you know, that part of the team. And they took me under their wing when I've, I was in a hotel for a while. Believe it or not, in Finsbury Park, nearly up that area. Is it still there <laughs> to this day? <coughs> the hotel? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Oh, right. It was called Can't the Alexander on. National and it it was... It was a bit formidable, you know it wasn't it was you could hear the screaming from the Arsenal <laughs> bloody ground oh, no, no. And, but I didn't realize the the history of Arsenal and Tottenham at that time right but uh, I, they they took me under their wing and and we socialized together and we played golf together so it, it was it so was was the view
0: of Finsey Park were, were they nearby or they where were no, they,
3: they sorry, they, well, Bill always wanted players to live within the vicinity of the training ground right. at Chessent. Right. And they were a stone's throw away. They were just across in, well, they did live in Chessent area. Right. It was just up in Chessent, three mm. of them together. And take, they would take me out for once or twice from the hotel, knowing that I was by myself there. And immediately you got, you got friendship. Mm. And it was it was wonderful. It was like it was, it was just taken the edge off of going to a strange place, you know. But it was, it, it was wonderful, wonderful, great, very friendly fellas. But Pat was probably the most well known out of them. I mean, you played against
0: them for Southampton, presumably, haven't you?
3: You played. Yes, them. I played just a couple of times when we made promotion. We got promotion in '66. And uh, we played against Tottenham a couple of times. We, I, I can remember the score at uh, White Hart Lane and it was muddy as hell on the time we played. I think it was muddy throughout that period, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, in, the, in the 60s, yeah. <laughs> mid-60s. I, I remember my first game there. But we lost 5-3 and uh, it was just incredible. You know, to, when, when I eventually moved, I'm thinking I'm going to play on that pitch. The pitch, I hope that they would make a bit better because mm. it was renowned for having the, the drainage underneath the, the turf had been broken and it was like a black diamond the first time I played on Tottenham. And uh, it, was, it was tough. It was, a, it was a hard ground to play on. Mm. But formidable, fantastic crowd, fantastic stadium.
0: And but, but, I mean, and just thinking again, it wasn't Tottenham, but obviously your England career... You, you played with the great Gordon Banks. Yeah. I know it's very difficult and they're very different styles, but where would you put if you had to pick between someone like Jennings and someone like Gordon Banks?
3: I think the only thing that I could say Gordon Banks had, that, apart from this magnificent save that he did against yeah. Pele, the, the one thing that Gordon Banks did that Pat didn't, and that he was very vocal. right. And I think some of our defence, and even myself at times, found that it was difficult or it was a bit dangerous sometimes because you're going up the occasional time I came back to head a ball to clear it from our penalty area. Uh, suddenly a, a big hand would come above you and take <laughs> it. Very big but end. no call. You right. wouldn't call so for calm. the ball. Right, okay. And it was a criticism because it, it can it can be a bit off-putting for defenders, all the other defenders, that... They're they're struggling with a, uh, the attacker marking him, and they're fighting, and they finally go up for the ball, only for Pat to just mm-hmm. come and casually take the ball right. off of the off of their head. But didn't hear him coming, right?
2: Because he was known like as
3: a owl. quiet man.
2: He was known he was, as a quiet oh, man. He was absolutely
3: quiet. he yes, was quiet on the pitch as well. Yes. And, and he, he was quite very quiet, man. very quiet on the field. So that's that's nothing to be you know, critical about. But it was one thing that. Gordon Banks would certainly yeah, yell. Right. yell yeah. And Pat, being the quiet man, just took it away. But Do many you don't know want
4: are... a calm goalkeeper. Mm. If you're a defender, particularly, yeah. you weren't a defender, obviously. But a calm, one who exhumes calm and confidence rather than the panicky goalkeepers that, that you, you see can now. see when they're under, under pressure.
3: Yeah. He was never panicky. Mm. Never panicky, Pat. It was... The the wonderful thing is that he improved my shooting to, to you know, no ends. When you get when you get to training in the morning, you go up. i go out at Chesin. If you get the chance for ten minutes to have a few shots at him, mm. you would endeavour to try and get the ball past him from just outside the box, and you never do it. Mm. It was it was brilliant. He was also I think he had such a long reach.
0: Yeah, and I I I mean I, I'm sure there was there was others uh, before him, but uh, as a kid growing up watching him being my first hero, his. The amount of saves with his, his hands, saves with his feet. Mm. For me, he was one of the first keepers I remember who pulled off incredible saves with his feet. Yeah. I think probably De Gea probably does it a bit now. Yeah. When you look at it, but even now, that's quite an art in itself, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Just to save incredible he shots with your
4: feet. Big save. I was obviously young, yeah, old enough and young enough to see him mm. in that early '70s team that, that Martin played in. There was a save he made from Mike Bailey in a yes. Wolves game, yes. which was just yeah. an astonishing save. I recall which he shouldn't had no right to make, mm. and I, I mean Martin would have seen him make make loads of them. He was able to pull off the big ones, wasn't he? In yeah, the, in the big he games.
3: spread himself very very well. You know, this is probably from his hurling days or whatever. Yes, um, he didn't yeah, mind yeah, okay. body contact, g- and, as well. and and yeah, and he he certainly he saved a lot with his legs. And and to think that you know we you know again
0: it's we've had Pat on the show and he's talked about why he left Tottenham and didn't want to leave Tottenham and obviously going over to, to Woolwich. The <laughs> fact that he went and sort of 76, he left seventy six, Nine years later, he was playing in a World Cup final in Mexico. <laughs> Just shows you how, how far too soon oh, yeah. we let him go. It's, yeah. it's, it's that was staggering.
4: About Barry Danes, wasn't it? in a play as well. Yeah. And then we had this run of, you a, f- know, a
3: few things that happened at yeah. that time, there was... Telly, We've yeah. all got our stories about how, things, how we were terry forced out, li- out yeah, of Tottenham. Exactly, yeah. there was the Terry Nill Terry yeah. Nill looked to try and get Actually. a lot of the senior pros out then, didn't oh, he? Uh, pathetic. I don't know how the club ever took him on in the first place. Mm. Mm. But uh, so I tried to right? stop my transfer a week after signing for the Swiss club. I, tried, I went up to the chairman's house, who lived in um, just down the road from us, near Cockfoster, Sadley Wood. And I went to his house and knocked on the door and I said, Mr. Whale, could you, is there any chance you can stop that transfer? This is after Neil had gone to Arsenal, so he wasn't... This, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I was oh, before, okay. No, I went and said, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's the reason yeah, I went yeah, to the gone. house, because yeah, a week there. after me yeah. signing... Yeah. The, He's gone. He, He's gone. He, he, yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to, you know, I went to try and say, could you possibly stop the transfer? Because Terry Neil's gone to Arsenal. And what did he say? And no he said, chance. "No." He, he said, "Sorry, Martin. And he said, "It's too late." He said, "It's all gone through." He said, "But Terry Neal, just to let you know, Terry Neal told me he knew nothing about the Arsenal job when he when when he <laughs> yeah. when he left Tottenham." But do you know what? I Harry, thought how naive can you be? Do you know Harry Harris, who,
2: who,
1: who yeah, we talked about? W- he well told, didn't
2: know when he when he when he hired Terry Neal. Harry Harris went up to Sydney Well in the car park and said, "Mr. Well, can I just get a word?" Which they never got with him, but he was in the car park. He said, "Yeah," and he said. Just wanted to talk to you about Appointing Terry Neal as manager And he said yes Yes we've appointed Terry Neal Why did you appoint Because we're we looking he was at blocks, the best. Loud, Johnny he, Giles he, Yeah Brodick we talked to them all we it. thought he was the best candidate And now he says Yeah but it, it's quite a strange decision Given his, That did he his played Arsenal. so many games for Arsenal And he went Has he? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> Did he play for Arsenal? I, I don't think we were aware of that. But anyway, we do think he's a good candidate. That's the sort yeah. That's the old-fashioned football chairman. <laughs> the old-fashioned football chairman who really knows nothing about football,
3: not paying attention. We team need, team. we yeah. need another show, my. Yeah, well, to yeah, talk yeah, yeah. to talk about the things yeah. that happened under Terry Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I could give you two shows and you'd be laughing your heads off. Yeah, it was it. pathetic. I've never known yeah. such a, a disorganized bunch of yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let, let's let's move to defence now. And first, you've kind of I in your have we'd gone into formations, but or uh, you have there jotted down now. A you've it. got a, you've got a fullback here again. Notice, Mr. Tottenham, uh, a man who again we were lucky to have with the Christmas show. Lovely man who was there for well, the most appearances to Tottenham, Steve Perriman Tottenham.
3: They're being given time. They're taking it. Oh, Perriman It's Pierce. Perryman! Why did you put Stevie down? Couldn't leave him out. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't leave him out. He's versatile. I could have put him there. I could have put him right side midfield. You have to find a space for him if there's no one else who's obviously such a fantastic player in that position. Mm. But Stevie played quite a bit at right back in in his latter years. Yes, With us, he played midfield. Yeah but he was so successful and um, he made
0: his debut kind of pretty much when you arrived around the same
1: era wasn't it he
3: came well he was in the uh, La Villa game at Wembley Mm. so he must have come in he probably came in while I was laid up
1: yeah
0: that's right with
3: the injury injury. yeah 68 there we are 68
0: 68 Sunderland there we are 68 Sunderland that's over here incredible 68 like Sunderland <laughs>
3: <laughs> but also Steve was what month have...
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was the attendance and name
3: them all <laughs> no I was just thinking because my, my injury happened in September 68 Right. so I'm wondering whether it was I don't yeah. think he was on the football field when I got injured
1: yeah.
0: but I mean you know a young player there obviously went on and, and when you were at Tottenham he wasn't I think he may be captain near the end, whatever. But what was him about his personality that you kind of thought, there's there's the serious man here. This, this is the man who, to this day, bleeds Tottenham and uh, yeah. had this incredible, still does, incredible aura around him. How did that sort of translate in training and on the football pitch? It
3: was a, it was a mini battleship. Yeah. You know, he, he gave everything, everything he had, he tackled, tackle, he he would give. He never held out from a tackle. It's one of his first games, we played away at Leeds. And I remember him going full tilt for Norman Hunter (laughs) and and going right through the ball and coming out the other side. And they were looking, Christ, Tottenham? We, they never tackle us up here. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when they thought I was the only player that went in their half. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they were so formidable. Yeah. But tackling, yeah. no, we were a soft touch with Leeds yeah. until Stevie came into Brilliant. the team. Mm, Absolutely that. wonderful.
4: I mean, the, 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 what you remember is, A, he was a fantastic captain, but I remember, you know, he was a young boy, the two goals he scored against mm. Milan yeah. in that that. <laughs> In the, the mm. in the home game, in the home and outside the box, great hits. Mm. But you yeah. were saying earlier, you know, there's he, he was able to score goals when you really
3: needed them as well. Yeah, mm. it was certainly those two goals. I can't. I honestly can't think of any other other ones. But he was a player that came in at the right time. Oh, he, I remember in the the Villa game as well. We were the we were the second team. In in the Villa game, they were the team in the first half, and Stevie had to clear one off a line from Andy Lockhead. I think it was steaming down on the goal, and he hooked it away. He was all over the place and just never gave up. Bill loved him. He, he, once he proved to Bill Nicholson, he was in every game.
0: You never and you kind of think as a fan I, I, again. I can't remember coming out of any
3: game going.
0: Oh, Stevie had a bad game today. He never had a bad game. He was always there, and and you talk about we we talked on the last show about players being quiet and and not having authority. He he, he certainly did. You know he wouldn't he wouldn't shrink to tell anyone, give anyone a bollocking if they weren't doing it on the pitch. I think
3: he came in when he was nineteen. Yeah. Was it nineteen? He came in and. He was giving me a rollicking at times, you yeah. know, and I'd been in the team for a, a couple of years, and I thought, you're a young lad. Yeah. You know, but he he wasn't frightened to gee people up. Yeah. And this is what we were talking about, what we've talked about on several occasions, you know. that You need to have that on the football field. You need people to gee you up now and again and just let you know that you're not quite doing what you should do. Yeah. And that's why he became captain. He was... Fantastic in that position. Mm. Now the
0: other fullback you put in, uh, more of a modern player, certainly not one you 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 played with. And again, funny enough, we talked about this player in the last show. You've gone for Jan Vertonghen. Here's Aurier
1: Vertonghen's gone into the box. There he is! Oh! He's- Has been
4: absolutely sensational for Tongham tonight. What a game he's had in that wing back
3: position. I could have gone for Cyril Knowles, perhaps, yeah. but I can't keep picking all my own seats. <laughs> and no, it wasn't that so much. It was that Tongham impressed me so much when he was when we had that defense. Yeah. The best defence in the country for a, a few months. Yeah. And it was brilliant. I know he had a good sidekick with the uh, Varel, but he was a tremendous player, mm. and I didn't see a lot going past him. Mm-hmm. It really was international standard.
2: Yeah, and a proper all-round footballer, because it's interesting you pick him at left-back, and that enables you to get your centre-backs in, which we'll talk about, but... Yeah. When he played, do you remember when he played left wing back against? Was it Dortmund? Well, yeah, they, the,
1: the, the clip it was incredible.
2: We, the clip that we played in for those people not here <laughs>
0: <laughs> was that incredible night when we played Dortmund at Wembley, and every, yeah. th- that's when Dortmund were really good. Yeah. And we're like,
2: oh, this that is. That was one be of tap. his and greatest. And, and they played it off three, the back first half. Yeah, and they did the first <laughs> half.
0: But <you're> <laughs> there's three quick goals. When you watch that goal, when he
2: bombed forward from left incredible. back, incredible, and said the old Superman. Um, celebration Yeah the What you realized That, great night, that was his probably His greatest night But what you realized Was he wasn't just A great central defender Which is an art Isn't it To be a great central defender no. He was also A brilliant All round footballer Because there he was Just playing as a wing back so he's, like, yeah. he's like a creative player He, uh, You know Lung busting runs Scoring goals Making assists he was an absolute all-round... Uh, and yet, of, of, Tim Sherwood thought he was a
4: coward and wanted him out of the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so or was everything started. about yeah. both of them, yeah. That's why I didn't hesitate in saying Vertonghen on, in that position, because he did go very... He, he wasn't frightened to go forward. No. But and what, he had ability. It's, oh, that, yes.
0: it's funny, because when you look at the end, there was that famous game, I might be a European game, when he came off and his head in hands, and the commentators went, he knows now this level, this, is, this level's yeah. too fast. Yeah, he's still he's playing. Still playing Week in week, week, week out at Benfica in the Champions League,
4: beating Barcelona. Yeah,
0: exactly. So you sort of go, well, why was it this managed? Another one not managed. Properly. To be fair,
4: I think he wanted to move on. And right. what I liked was when they when he left the club was that you know we saw that the the tribute that they all it was like. Thank yes. you, you've been great. Yeah, absolutely. And you yeah. want to move. We don't really want to leave you, but we understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you'll always be welcome back. That's what players, that's what it should be for players who are proper servants. He wanted yeah. to go
2: and live in Lisbon. It was a very nice place to live. So I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I believe. Yeah. yeah. Fair Fair we'll see. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: social media post last week were in- Yeah, he was 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 a big Spurs. He's still Spurs. Yeah, he's still Spurs. You know, well, let's look at the set. Again, we set it back down. You know, I think a man, probably more midfield. But you've got now, a lot of people say of a certain age, the greatest man ever to wear the lily white shirt, Dave McKay. OFK Belgrade
4: kick off against white shirted Spurs in the second leg of the semi final of the European Cup Winners' Cup. Bobby Smith looks dangerous in the opening exchanges. Spurs 1-2-1 one, one at Belgrade. They keep that advantage now thanks to Bill Brown. There may be some needle in this game. Spurs resented Greaves being sent off in the first match.
1: Now it's White's chance to menace the visitors, but the luck isn't with
4: him. After 23 minutes, Dave Mackay scores for Spurs.
3: It's not because of the way, actually the way he played, it's just the aura about him. You were talking about Stevie. Yeah. Stevie was a mini Dave Mackay. Dave Mackay was formidable. I was just so pleased he was on my team. It was the first time I played at White Hart Lane, we were playing against him, and I... I kept well away from him <laughs> <laughs> because he was a, a battleship. You know, yeah. he, he, he was a strong player, yeah. great player to play with. I played with him until uh, the end of that season. I think he left on my first season. And he moved on to Derby and even did the business won with won them, the didn't he? Won the league with them. It just shows you what a player he was. Yeah. And... Yeah. and uh, it goes without saying. I had to find a place for Dave McKay and the team. Yeah, yeah. And rightly so. And the other one that you certainly did play with, a
0: uh, wonderful centre-half, obviously, uh, Mike England.
2: Headers of the ball, but... Uh, Pierce with the... <clears throat> and England, the goal!
3: Mike. There's so many things I could say about Mike. It was... I had to play against him myself when we played against Wales and I knew what a strong player he was. He was absolutely solid as a rock. He's, he, he tended to have very sharp elbows. <laughs> and I had to be aware of those. Um, but as a, as a, a, a teammate and a, and a player for Tottenham, if we ever had a problem, Mike came up and scored goals. Yeah. He was versatile in that yeah. way. But certainly at the back, if Pat didn't get it, Mike got it. What we used to, say, what the players at the back. We didn't play a zone, zonal system. We just said, you let Mike take it. Let Mike go for the ball. If you put too many players back in defence, which it seems to be these days, you get about eight people around the bloody goalkeeper, and mm. the ball you're aiming at that group of players. Yeah. At our time, it was what we said is that don't put anybody else next to him. You know, Phil Bill wouldn't be willing to try and win the ball in the air. We we said Mike will take it. There's Pat and there's Mike on the edge of the six-yard box. And by the time the ball comes over, if anything comes between that and the edge of the penalty area, Mike will win that. And anything near the goal, Pat gobbles it up. Mm. We talked about the
0: last show about the transfer window and the Spurs scouting system and how we got players and where we get them from and sell on value. I think it's very important to talk about Bill Nicholson and his eye for a player because again, Mike. You know, the, we could talk about many players that Nicholson signed. Mike Incan came from Blackburn Rovers, probably in the sort of mid late sixties. Not particularly illustrious team, certainly hadn't won the championship, they won it obviously decades later what was it about Bill Nick going out and seeing great young British players, maybe not particularly sexy teams and going, he'll do a great job for me
3: well I would, I would like to think that Bill did go and see him it wasn't the same in my case Bill sent Eddie Bailey to watch me down at Southampton and he came back to Bill Nicholson and said uh, Eddie Bailey rated me as a bit slow. So Bill said, that's not what I've heard. So he went down to Southampton and had a word with Ted Bates at another game. And Ted looked up to him and said, slow? He's the fastest we've got. He said, you know, he may look slow, but he's the fastest we've got. And that's when Bill decided, right, you're my man. And he also decided I'm going to have to look at these players myself because
2: yeah. I know
1: what <laughs> Bailey's all
4: about. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Bill was still uh, uh, talked to Graham Roberts, and he said, "You know, Bill was one who went went to see him Weymouth. At, at Weymouth. And That's yeah, right. Persuaded him. He was going somewhere else. And yeah. When there's a game in yeah.
0: Weymouth. I'll go. So, yeah. yeah. An, an incredible yeah.
2: judge of players.
4: And he wasn't involved. You know, he was. He he, he couldn't stop himself. It was part of him. Mm, he wanted yeah. to look at players yeah. even after he left. Yeah. Being being the manager, and Graham so. said he wouldn't. You know, his his whole career was based
2: on those. Yeah, he changed his life, didn't yeah. he, by being that incredible, astute judge, and still wanting to look and find great players for Tottenham Hotspur. It's amazing. But if you you think about the years,
0: certain positions, obviously, I assume it's probably Morris Norman before Mike England, after Mike England. We went centre back. We had a lot of wilderness years before, <laughs> probably Roberts Miller, 81, 82. Yeah. We, we, we had, went through quite a few but seasons even where that. we couldn't find a centre back. You know,
4: we, we, we the Keith Osgood era was just yeah. after it's young, Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike, yeah. Mike went. And then nothing until Goff. And you, you one go, season. You go through Lacey and Paul Price in the early 80s, who weren't yeah. quite good enough. And then Goff comes in at age Willie, young. Lee, Willie <laughs> young in the late 70s. God, I know there's been, been plenty of hours to two chatting at Kevin Scott. That says it all really right. that, the, in the In the misery years, the <laughs> Kevin Scott era. You
0: know, I mean, come on. Was, you, you, you talked about going in and playing sort of. Um, I know obviously England, Scotland was a big one. What was it like going to. What, was it probably Cardiff? Where, where did you. Ninian Park. S- it was Ninian Park, awesome. Mm-hmm. It was quite a small. Small, yeah, yeah Close when to the crowd. the Wells in the home internationals. Yeah. What was that like? Because they, the Welsh hate the English,
3: don't they? No, no. <laughs> not as much as the Jocks. <laughs> the, the Scots were worse, <laughs> but it was always formidable going there. I think we didn't even—I don't remember going over. To, well, we played in Ireland one game, Belfast, but uh, the other Irish game we had to play at Goodison because of the right. the bomb yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, but they, they were a quiet crowd. It, the, the, the Welsh, you know they love singing, don't they? they? They sing before the game, but they don't sing after because they've got stuff <laughs> they've lost. <you>
1: know?
3: <laughs> well,
0: let's go to a quick break. and When we come back, we're going to look at Martins, midfield and uh, strikers as well. Back in a minute. And we're back for the break. Uh, don't forget, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave us a nice review next week. Fine off, next week we've got Graham Roberts with us. Graham Roberts joins us uh, on the show uh, next week along with James Passy and Roma Aronovic. Right, the midfield. Well, this probably, as all Tottenham fans know, to pick four in midfield over the years is neon impossible. Uh, and the first one you've gone for. Uh, a man, sadly, we, 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 we never managed to get on the show, Martin Peters.
2: More pressure on Liverpool now as Mallory beats Hughes. Kinnear outside him, still Mallory. That's for Kinnear, first time in. And it's
1: now by Martin Peters!
0: Which you had a kind of telepathic relationship with. You look back at the amount of goals... Especially Martin played that quick free yeah. kick in, yep. and you were in was incredible. How, how did that? Was that was that work that was done on the training ground? How, I how think did, that he come
3: did about? If you look back at the '66 World Cup, yes. the, there were a few goals that Jeff Hurst scored mm. with that quick free kick, and we worked it well. I just took the place of Jeff Hurst, no. and it was it was quite easy. But you just have to kid. I'm walking back with the defender, talking to him, saying, "You, you know, I say something to him." But I'm, all the time, I've got the corner of my eye and I'm watching what Martin Peters doing mm. with the free kick, either side, the right side or left side. And as, he had a habit of, if you ever see footage of Martin Peters taking free kicks, he just touches the ball, takes two steps back and plays it into the near post. Mm. Quite simple. Mm. The only thing is I had to make sure that my run mm. coincides with going forward. I couldn't go too early. Mm. But it worked so many times. I can't tell you. It was it was just wonderful. And, and obviously, you, you know, again, you, you look at the history of Tottenham
0: Hotspur. Uh, famously, you know, the, the 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 adage about Martin Peters. It was ten years ahead of his time when he came to Tottenham. Obviously, a huge controversy because Jimmy Greaves went the other way. So, what was it like for Martin to come into the to, to the to the club? Knowing who'd gone in order to be part of that deal. That must be quite difficult. I know a different position. It must be quite difficult for him and with the fans that you
3: know. I don't think, Jim he, has ever, gone I don't think he ever questioned whether he could fill Jim's hmm. shoes because Jim at that time was not the same player as we always rem- we love to remember. And Martin came in. The one thing that he was more worried about is wearing the same pair of socks two days in a row. Because <laughs> He used to strip next to me <laughs> and the other players. There were so many piss takers in our dressing room. It was untrue. But they would be watching. <laughs> and Martin Peters, they pulled him up once. And they said, oh, you had those on yesterday, Martin." <laughs> you know, and he went home to his wife. And, she, and we met Cathy a while afterwards. And Cathy looked up to us and said, you're a bastard, you lot. <laughs> he said, Marty, come home. He's manic. He said, he keeps asking me for another pair of socks all the time because he's never known and the mickey taken out of him. And he got used to it, but that was in his sort of initiation. Yeah. Welcome to Tottenham. You're one of us now. You just get another pair of socks on.
0: He was probably, again, you mentioned Terry Newell earlier. He was probably another player that I think left Tottenham too
3: early went on? To, is it Norwich? Norwich.
1: Is he wasn't he? That's
0: yeah.
3: Mister Neil again, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, another one he probably left too he early, atch- didn't he? he actually got away with it, Martin. He went into the to the manager's office, and eventually looked up to him and said, "I can manage better than you." Oh, no, really? He said, "Oh, if you think that, then you can go." No. So we all tried it, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I, I tried it. He couldn't. But he let Martin go, and that was—he was. He mm. was Fantastic for three years, four years for yeah. Norwich. Yeah. I joined him after going to Switzerland. And when I came back from Switzerland, it was Martin who put the word in for, with John Bond to get me.
1: Mm.
3: What was that like, playing down in Norwich? <clears throat> it was all right while it lasted. I, unfortunately, I got the old man's injury, which was a torn Achilles. Right. And I'd had, I got uh, four goals in seven games, the first seven. And in the one against Birmingham, I, I'm running full tilt, and suddenly the, the, it's torn. And he tried all different things on bond. I, I, one of these boots that you don't move in and, and he went to see someone, not, never once considered an operation.
1: Right.
3: And that's when I eventually, I was at the PFA dinner in the November of that year. And Alan Mullery was across on another table, and he looked up. He said, Chiff, I'm coming in to get you. <laughs> I said, no, I'm injured. He said, no, you're not. He said, you'll be nuisance value. I need a centre forward because Teddy Maybank has had a red card, and he's going to miss the next three games. I'm coming in to get you. I said, I've told you, Alan, I'm, I'm injured. <laughs> I've got a bad Achilles. He said, I said, oh, can hardly do job? He said, no. I'll come and get you. And he bought me, and I got my leg, my ankle strapped up. Bat, you know, I couldn't sprint, but I played at uh, One game, one very important game, was at Leinster, and we drew three each. And I scored a header. Didn't, I didn't have to run much for that one. But scored this goal, and for the rest of that season, I sat on the bench, just w- watching them. And we went to Newcastle and we had to beat Newcastle, which we did 3 0. And that we got promotion to the first division. And I was sat with him and near him, and he said, Come on, Chief, in with us, champagne. He said, You, that goal you got, (laughs) got us this. He never forgot it. He tells everybody the when when we 're together he said oh that 's my player that 's the one player, the one goal we got we got promotion with, Whoa. but i couldn 't eventually at the end of that season, we went away to America. There was a tour, and he let me come back after halfway through the tour, and I had the operation had the the Achilles stripped that what they do is they strip it and make sure it 's okay, sew you up and it 's been good as gold since mm. Amazing. but John Bond wasn't prepared to have me sidelined for two months or three months with an Achilles operation. He was trying everything with me
4: yeah. How long would you be out for now with that? Because with was the keyhole surgery they... and you know, think. Would you have been a much
3: back in, in a month? It was, no, not a month. Not with, not with an operation with Achilles. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't think so. Even
4: with modern modern
3: techniques? Maybe, maybe with modern techniques it might take two months, but yeah. it wouldn't be as quick as you think. It's, it's a bit, it's the old, old age ones. I had the set, I had my other one done a few months after that, mm-hmm. not months after that, a few years after that. But it's in the old age one, you know, you, it, they just wear, yeah. eventually they wear. They, maybe somebody did point out that in the 70s, the late 70s, footwear, all of us you know it it varied didn't it sometimes there were platform shoes for the for the younger man and then (laughs) and then you go then you you go (laughs) into the gymnasium you go into a hard gymnasium Hmm. then you go up to Cheson on a muddy pitch and you're changing the level of your your feet all the time yeah and they I think that was probably one of the faults of training in those days I, I want to just point out here that until I was about seven,
4: I thought I was named after this bloke <laughs> and Martin Peters. and it was only then that I realized they both joined the club fifteen months after I was born. Yeah. but I was convinced oh, that really? i I've, I've been named after both of them because <laughs> they were they were they were my heroes when yeah. I was that age it was really of and really my... the any new
0: listeners Theo you
2: can you. I mean you're chivers. Yeah kid story is, is, is well, extraordinary when, uh, yeah, but I'm sure everyone's heard this story before but when I was a kid Marty was my absolutely my hero because he was centre forward for Tottenham and England so I mean yeah. you know he was my 100% hero and I asked they said what do you want for your birthday I'm six years old and I said I'd like a Tottenham shirt like Martin Chibbers wears so my dad goes to the sports shop buys the shirt which is essentially a long sleeve white t-shirt the those days. Pretty, <laughs> so he buys, also, so he buys a Tottenham badge and a number nine to sew on the back and uh, I wake up the next morning. It's Christmas. My it's Christmas. Up. No, it's my birthday. It's just after Christmas. New Year's Eve. Yeah. She's sewn on the number and the badge. And I've, I've opened it. I'm so excited. It's got a number six on it because she's sewn it on <laughs> upside down. And I've gone, oh, I'm so Dave, pleased. Dave mckay Thank
1: you. Phil I Bill. had the heart
2: to tell her. I didn't want to Phil tell Bill, her. Then. I, said, I said to my dad, who plays number six? And she said, Phil Bill. He said, Phil Bill. I... And I thought, oh, yeah, Phil Beal. So I used That's to lovely. tell people Phil Beal was my favourite player, but it wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> I only told lovely. my mum this a couple, couple of years ago and she nearly wept because, because she felt it was so nice that I didn't tell her at the Great. time. Exactly. That <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Oh, dear. Beautiful. Good boy. Lovely boy. Um,
0: moving on, it's funny you mentioned John Bond because our next player was first trophy for Tottenham was against John Bond... Manchester City side when really he managed Manchester City probably all the probably most people here of a certain age would say the greatest player they ever saw in a Tottenham shirt Glenn Hoddle
1: Brooke. Hoddle with a beautiful piece of skill
2: what a magnificent goal by Glenn Hoddle he deserves those celebrations 11 minutes gone in the second half and the Glenn Hoddle that we know and admire so much is shown to perfection everything about that goal was glorious the turn the move into space
1: and at the end of it all the chip into the far
0: corner who you played with right at the beginning of his career
3: sort of 76 yeah, yeah, probably, did you yeah. set
1: up
0: that goal against Stoke did you get the
4: little touch that he
3: scored for no I didn't no I didn't set it up for him but I remember it, it, he he scored the goal yeah. from just outside the penalty yeah uh, and uh
1: we all ran back, towards.
3: We? we all ran towards him, and he, he suddenly looked up and he thought he was in heaven. He's got Martin yeah. Peters on one arm and, yeah. me, and me on yeah. the yeah. other one. Had, he had, yeah, he had the two Martins yeah. congratulating yeah. him, and he just thought, "That's heaven. Yeah. I can't believe what's happening." Yeah, but he was a, he was a gifted player. Oh yeah, there's a, never been a, there's never been anyone close to him. For his,
0: his his range of skills, I, I wouldn't
3: hasn't. I wouldn't say that he was the best player in Tottenham's history. I would say that he was the most gifted player mm. because he could do things, you know, which other players couldn't. You know, it he, he was he did things very casually. Mm. they looked casually, but mm. it, he made it look so simple. Mm. And he was able to faint the ball. When I went to see him. When he was playing for Harlow Boys in a, comp, a cup competition and reported back to Dick Walker, who was the main coach, uh, scout at Tottenham. He, even at 15, 16, he was letting the ball run and and then picking it up, he wasn't going and trying to... If the ball was coming towards him, he'd see a defender coming in to tackle him and he'd just let the ball roll past him and go on to it. Mm. He had that awareness of being able to let the ball run and, and putting the player out the game, mm. not giving the player a chance to tackle him. And he also
0: knew, again, we've been very, very lucky to have Glenn mm. on a few times. What I love about his story is that he... He had an idea about his ability. He always tells the same story about being a youth player. And Ron Henry was one of the coaches in the old ball courts at Tottenham. And him telling him, no, 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 don't do that. Do this. And Hoddle, probably about 15, 16, Mm. going, no, this is what I'm going to do. And obviously knew his ability even at such a young age. Who was he? I can't remember. It was someone like Paul Middle or someone sort of said, I love that analogy, that Glenn Hoddle had... Feet like hands, or feet like yeah. uh, golf clubs, and just what he could do with his feet. But the other thing that Glen said, that no one else could do, where he could play a ball. And if you think <laughs> about, it, if you were ten years younger and were at Tottenham, you would have been in that early eighties Tottenham yeah. team, and you must have looked at the. Passes he played into Garth Crooks mm. at Wolves, the Outside, semi-final, all yeah. those passes. You must look at some of those girls and go, oh, God, if I was on the end of yeah, some I'd of like, these. If,
3: if Terry Neal hadn't come along, I would have played with <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> him.
2: Well, that's the other story about yeah. Terry Neal, isn't it? Where Harry Harris reckons he told Terry Neal about Glen Hoddle. He goes nice. to see him and he says, you know, the best player in this club's well, in the youth team. And Harry Harris, uh, Terry Neal says, who's that? And he says, Glen Hoddle. He's 16, he's in the youth team, he's absolutely brilliant. He went, Glenn, sorry, you spell that? <laughs> he hadn't, he'd never heard of him. He said, I'm telling you, he's really good. Yeah. And the next season, he reckons he was in the uh, the next week, he was in the team. But before he told him about it, he was so, paying, wasn't paying any attention. For, for those of us of
4: a, of a certain vintage, you would go to watch Spurs, but you would yeah. actually want to go because you knew there would be one thing every game he would do, Glenn, yeah. Which would take your breath away. Yeah. Yeah. You and he was like, "How has he done that?" Whether it was the hooked pass that you couldn't see yeah. to Tony Galvin or the, the cross-field pass, yeah. what, there was something he do in the game that would but, make the rest of the match yeah. almost irrelevant. It was but, like, but thinking, "Wow!" But what what I,
0: mean, looking back, what I love about it, the year that you can argue he came of age as a young player was when we were in the second division. Mm. And we got relegated. And you watch him at, you talk about awful pictures, the bog field at Field Mill oh, Mansfield. Man. Yeah. And these another, another awful, awful day. old Notts County, <laughs> these games very we played, cool. the Danes uh, missed the ball. And you look at Hoddle now, who's still probably a teenager or certainly early 20s then. Oh, playing he, in no, those no, games he was, so, he was definitely
2: a teenager I think yeah.
0: Yeah, wasn't
4: he? Well, he was 17 he was definitely in 74 wasn't yeah. he so, yeah, so he would have been yeah. maybe 20, 20 in that, in that in year that yeah. second division yeah. season Glenn
3: said
1: that
3: he was released by Spurs as a schoolboy at a very young age and it was you Martin who actually spotted him so yeah. apart from your 174 goals we've got so much to praise you for man. Yeah. The, the question <laughs> you can't hear it was a bloody mic, hard I'll tell you was it off the mic <laughs> there was so oh, obvious. we heard that
0: Glenn was released as a schoolboy at Tottenham and apparently you put a word in. Do you remember that? Is that any truth in that?
3: Do you remember seeing him at yeah. an early age? Yes. I went, as I said just now, oh, I went yeah. to Harlow. I was asked by Bill Nicholson to go and present trophies right. for the under-16s, I think it was, wow. uh, at Harlow. Would that a happen tournament now? Over there?:
0: Would you see, you know, Hoyman's son or Harry son go to Harlow
3: <laughs> and, to give some <laughs> awful trophies you get to
0: 16? Probably not.
3: Hello. and I went over with Ray Evans and we watched this kid this, I say kid, young fella play and you could see he was head and shoulders above everyone needless to say they won both tournaments both games that year, that morning long morning and all I did was go back to Dick Walker who was the chief scout at uh, Tottenham and say I saw a lad yesterday uh, Glenn Hoddle his name he said, "I said you've got to have a look at him." He said, "Don't worry." He says, "The the family are Tottenham." Right. The family were already renowned to be Tottenham, but they didn't. They had no reports back before that, but uh, he was just head and shoulders above everyone. Right. So, in
4: that in that game, you he played at Stoke. So his debut for the team. He scored yeah. for the goal. But did you know that day that he was going to be one of the a player of real Absolute top quality. You know, you couldn't have said he'd be one of the great players in the history of the club, but he was a. It was going to be a fixture in the team for the next decade.
3: You'd think you you could think that he he, he would definitely have to improve a bit on the on his strength wise, because it was a physical game in those those years. And at the end of the season. The seventy-five, seventy-six mm. year on seventy-six, just before that was yeah. the, I left yeah. at the end of that yes. season. Yeah. We we just avoided relegation in seventy-five. Mm. He wasn't playing then mm. in the first team. Mm. In in seventy-six, we got uh, we had a tour of the world, world tour going round, and my last game I was. I was over in uh, Australia. Ralphie Coates was my roommate. And he was... Terry Neal was the manager. And he was warning all the young players, gifted players. Glenn was one of them. Chris Jones was another. Mm -hmm. To stay away from me.
0: Oh,
3: really? To stay away from me because I I, I actually got injured in Fiji, of all places. I landed on a bloody cricket strip. Which they covered with sawdust and everything for a match. We're playing the proper match. The rest of the ground they'd watered, oh. but this strip, like you see, it's coconut matter and that. Had all.
2: a cricket match. On I landed.
3: <laughs> I landed with my studs on, and nearly broke my heel. So I missed the, most of the rest of the the whole trip. We played about nine times away, won all nine games, but those two players, Chris Jones, Chris Jones came into my my room where Ralphie was, and he's, and he's in tears. He's looked up and he said, I can't believe what he's just said to me. He said, because he was injured as well, he got an injury. And apparently, he had, then, uh, Terry Neal had looked up to him and said, don't want, your see, don't want to see you with Martin Chivers.' Because he, he thought you'd Why, be a bad, bad influence. I'm, I'm bad influence. Right. You, you, and I'm that's influence. because you were, in his, from his point of view, Probably enough. because i have been giving him stick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you ever see? Uh, you must have over the years. It's quite a small world. You must have seen Terry over the years after you left Tottenham. Yeah. What were those sort of social con- conversations like? <laughs> is,
1: is it the, the,
3: the, the,
0: it, it doesn't sound like it's water it was a the Bridge.
3: bridge of a conversation. We right. had to say hello to his wife, which was right. obviously oh, don't condemn her, right. but. No, nothing with him. Uh, but he, we're we talking
0: the, this about this 40 years.
3: To this day. <laughs> to this I say hello, but I never carry on the conversation really?
0: with wow. no. Really? Isn't enough? No. Tottenham seat. through and through. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the next players you talk about. Can I tell them about God, please, the hypnotist? Could, please. Oh, yeah. The, the Roe mark. mark. Of course, you can. Mark. Of course <laughs> you can.
3: Christ, have we got time? Always got time, always got
0: time for the Romark story.
3: The last game of the season, we had to play against... Leeds. Leeds. They're in the final on the following Saturday, European final. We have to win this game on the Monday night. On the Saturday, we played Arsenal and we lost one nil. And I'm sat with Ralph Coates, with collar and tie on, you know, not involved with the game, and... The pre- just the day before, the Thursday before, he told me I was finished. I, I could leave the club because it was so bad. It was- I tried to do a Martin Peters on him. And we watched the, g- we watched the game. We went back. As we got on the coach, going away from Arsenal, everyone got on, and he got stood up at the front of the coach. He said, I want all the players here to report to the West Lodge Hotel in Cockfosters tomorrow night. And as I got off, I said, you don't mean me, Terry, because you told me I was washed up. He said, I said everybody. Now, he lived he live 200 yards around the corner from me in Brookmans Park. And he made sure that I turned up, because he came past my house and toots a horn outside. <laughs> so I've got to follow him to West Lodge Hotel. We famous. go into West Lodge Hotel. He invites me into a room and he said I want you to meet a friend of mine I said what's this about he said uh, no it's a good friend of mine they the door. Uh, would you meet Romark I said Romark well, what's this all about he said well Romark's a clairvoyant <laughs> and I said yeah so he said he's seen Tuesday morning's headlines I said you're joking aren't you what do the Tuesday morning's headlines say? It says, Chivers back with a goal. I said, you don't, you're not taking him seriously, surely. He said, well, I'm 50-50 at the moment. <laughs> I went out I went out of that room, and all the players are waiting outside. And they've looked up, and they said, Christ, Chiv, you're early. Because I was backroom staff. I was not even involved with the team at Arsenal and everything. And... And they said, You're early? I said, You haven't seen anything. I've just seen somebody in there that you're all going to see. And he's, he goes by the name of Romark. He says, Yeah? I said, he's, he's a clairvoyant. Terry Naylor looks up and I said, What's a fucking clairvoyant? I said, He's seen Tuesday morning's headlines. He said, Didn't get the racing results, did he? He's so quick doing
1: know.
3: I said, no, I said, you're all going to meet him. After dinner at Westlodge, Lodge, we, we have a party piece. He's got, showing, he's got a big album where he's put people asleep and all this different thing. He's gone round some of the players and tested them whether they're susceptible to hypnotism. Cyril knows. He was, he was game for it. He went and sat on a chair up on the stage, where there was a stage within this room, and he hypnotized him. He made him believe that he was a rod of iron, where he put his head, and it was a great trick, his head on one end of a chair, like this, and his feet, Mike England, In- not Mike England, Pat Jennings and one other were helping him and lifted his feet onto the other end. And Pat sat on them. And I don't know how the trick goes, but it's one of his tricks. So now each one of us are invited to go into... He's coming into our rooms one at a time. I phoned my missus up. She says, don't you dare. I said, no, don't be silly. I said, he's not going to put me asleep. Anyway, so I'm first in. He came in. And he starts talking to me about something. He never once tried to put me asleep. but other, other players went in. I came back out, and what he told me to do that night was to think about my greatest games and my best goals that I ever scored and try and sleep on them, go to bed with those thoughts. I thought, well, that's what I do normally. <laughs> 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 so he said... <laughs> So I go out the room (laughs) and they say, right, who's up next? Ralph. Fucking hell, Ralph, you're going (laughs) to (laughs) struggle. He's asking you what your greatest goals were. (laughs) Was it that one you scored for the reserves the other week? (laughs) Anyway, then Ralph went in, and Ralph said, I won't waste time, but he told a hell of a story. He told me while I was in the room one evening, and he told him about the greatest game he had, and it was for Burnley. And he said, oh, the wing, he said, I was going, I took the full-back on, I crossed the ball over, we didn't, he didn't get that one, and I beat them again, and I kept. I ran this full-back inside out. And at the end of it, I said, well, how'd you get on? He said, we've got stuffs, 5-0.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
3: I thought, you ain't got much chance if you're going to talk about that, well. So... I don't know how many went in Phil Bill told him what to do to get stuff and the next morning at training he told me that I was playing and we played against Leeds and Alfie Conn kept st- sitting on the ball Yeah. silly bastard we kept having a go at him he wasn't the one that was going to get kicked was he you, know, yeah. you don't wind Leeds up yeah. <laughs> with Norman Hunter and all those and Billy Bremner and so on and we won the game 4-2. Sue and I got two. Mm-hmm. Alfie Conn scored and Chip was back with a goal. So we reckon got... we should have signed him on. Yeah. We should
2: have take the... Give him
3: the job. Get yeah.
2: Terry Neal out. Give it to Romart. He, he famously, <laughs>
0: Romart famously drove blind, uh, blindfolded. <laughs> Down I think like part later. He was like Yuri Geller in the early seven yeah, yeah. Ronald he, Markham, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, That's right. That's right. Yeah. Ronald Markham. I one, think of he, he early, yeah.
1: some,
3: one of our players. He died early. One
0: of our players. He didn't see it coming. One of his cheeks. <laughs> went
3: horribly wrong. <laughs> one of our players came in, I can't think who it was, I thought it was Sewell Norris at the time. He came in one morning and he said, You heard about Ron Mark? Said he got run over by a number 49 bus. Said he didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh, we never stopped laughing about oh, him. A man's death. There we go. Unbelievable. Oh, man. But that—that that, I, I haven't exaggerated. I haven't told you lies. That is a true story. How desperate can a manager get no. to, to, tell that, to make you do that? Yeah. He had another season after that, where we finished about halfway. Eighth, tenth, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, finished ninth the following season. Yeah, and yeah. then we we're went on. on this world trip. We went round there, come back, and he said, "I've got a team for you." And I said, "Where?" He says, "Servette, Switzerland." I said, "Is that far enough for you?" I knew, I knew there were clubs around London area who would have taken me definitely on but I took it on and it was probably a great thing I did yeah. but yeah. Terry Neal resigned and a week later that was a signal because yeah. mm. I would never have the left the final
2: insult
3: I would never have left
0: well let's go back to the last two midfielders we talked about Martin Peters yep. Glenn Hoddle and uh, well again for those of you at home Paul Gascoigne will all remember this goal against the arse at Wembley
2: Mabbit has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howes to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, he's
1: there! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff.
2: Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. Seaman got his hands, couldn't hold. Spurs had the lead. Paul Gascoigne, the scorer.
0: Why is, why is Gazza in there for you? Obviously,
2: you. you, you when, when did you go back to
0: Tottenham and started doing the lounges? I know you had the, the, the lovely hotel you had for many, many years. When did you then start going back to Tottenham and and working on the sort of corpus 1991. Oh there you are. so the, the the season. on, on the, the yeah. se- what a what a season last, to go back. What a season
1: what a to, to the go, go back with. The cup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was wow.
3: a, I was a lucky charm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was the road mark of that yeah. team, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, remembering G- uh, Gascoigne, he carried us to the final. You did yeah. Absolutely. Look at those. Games know, I game. I saw the game I I'm trying to think who it was when we played at Tottenham, not Oxford. The one, Oxford, yes. yeah. yeah. When he scored a couple of goals in, in yeah. that one, and, and then there was Portsmouth County as well, wasn't there? County, yeah. Portsmouth, Portsmouth was the after, rounds. yeah. And yeah. It just unbelievable, but I don't know what they did to him up before the game. You know, on they wound him up terribly.
2: Yeah, for the final. Yeah.
3: on for the final, yeah, yeah, he was wound up badly. Yeah. Because that was outrageous, what he did. Yeah, did know, it was, it's amazing. It was, was crazy, wasn't it? Absolutely really. It should
2: have been set up for the first one, yeah, to be honest. And then the second one, yeah. it's like... Oh.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, Forest fans are so bitter about that game. You, do, you If you speak to them, they oh, yeah. absolutely <laughs> feel they were totally robbed oh, because he should okay. have been off. One hundred percent. The one, on Wong, one, one was, was one. an awful, awful chap. What's
3: it? a foot in the chest?
2: Yeah, it? yeah. For yeah. the, it's, the it's, so I mean, it, it's so hard to explain how <clears throat> yeah. a, a man can come. up. But even before the kickoff, he's you could, say, he kept kicking balls at the band and stuff, and yeah. they're trying to get. Yeah. I mean, he was he was so
4: hyped. How ha, I many? Had he stayed fit if he'd not been injured? How good a player could he have been for for Spurs and? Or
0: every, still pretty good England. for England.
3: Unknown, yeah. like about Unknown quality, unknown, nobody mm. can say. Yeah. It it was just brilliant that season. And I I saw him, you know, after his injury, because he had a bad injury, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. very bad. Pretty really bad, yeah. fish. Yeah. yeah. And he was just a beauty to watch. He mm. was fantastic. Was he I always... I at Tottenham... He had problems with press and that mm-hmm. you know the the press were after him mm-hmm. and he was always complaining that he was being hounded by the press mm-hmm. and i could have walked him out of a side door at Tottenham any day to to avoid the press mm-hmm. he said they can't he said they're camping outside my house mm-hmm. he said i have to jump off the, i have to jump over the the back wall to get away from the press mm-hmm. but did he invite the press too much? You know, did he
2: Well, he was so young? Wasn't he and naive? I yeah. mean it was just too much for him sadly.: it was. Yeah. But I mean, one thing, the great thing about Gascoigne from our point of view is, I think most people would agree his best seasons were the ones either side of Italia 90, and they, okay. and they were in a Spurs shirt. And also, if you, if you listen to him when he's interviewed, that's when he was happiest, playing for Tottenham, yeah. playing for Terry Benables. Yeah. So yeah. he was one of the greatest players, English players that ever lived, and he was at his greatest playing for us. But he was, was
4: always player. such a vulnerable person,
3: Yeah, character,
4: and we've yeah. seen it ever since. You know, and I, I remember speaking to him a couple of years ago. Um, over his career, we we had a few rows because obviously my job was to be a pain in the ass. That's what yeah. I get paid for. So, yeah. um, and I, but I always thought he was a fantastic player, but I also recognise his, his frailties, and he's still. The frailties have, have always been there, and I think they always, always will. Mm. And he was not meant for the modern world, in truth. Yeah. You know, and even in the 90s, and you know, he wasn't designed to cope with the pressures yeah. of of life. Yeah, and that's no one's fault. It's what what is. I mean, maybe if he'd been a player in the in the 70s, <coughs> 80s, it might have been easier. But I don't think it would. I think he'd have been he'd have self yeah, combusted anyhow because of the nature. You you'd have known those players who were never ha- never happy, always at, on edge, and at their only their only place of calmness and and certainty was the football pitch. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they walked off that that green strip.
3: Yeah. They,
2: they were struggling. Maybe I'm wrong, but you... But you you were, should
3: have found fishing earlier. Yeah.
2: yeah, it helped him fishing. Some people yeah. like that, those I hyperactive pro- people. I saw
3: the programme on the other day with Whitehouse. And the, yeah, it helps people like that. I think that would have been good for him yeah. in the past. Yeah. That would have calmed him down. The,
0: the, the, the next midfield, you, you talk about great Maverick players and players certain seasons <coughs> and a completely different personality to Gaza, but one could argue equally, if not best on the pitch... Your next choice in midfield, Gareth Bale.
3: He's off on one of those runs again. A slalom king.
1: <laughs> Bale again. Oh! 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 Unbelievable! How good is this guy?
3: Send him onto his right foot. Left foot, left foot. Whack! What I saw with Gareth Bale, that he, he literally, he won games by himself, mm. you know, he, he took players on, he was absolutely incredible for, um, what would you say, two years, three years?
0: It's such a shame we didn't, that ridiculous COVID season under Mourinho, where most of us, unless you're lucky to get the ballot tickets against Arsenal, he came back, none of us saw
2: him at the lane. And then he was off
0: again. Just, yeah, and
2: he was badly treated by Mourinho. I think we, he could have played more because when he did play, he was of course a very very important goal. He was great. Ten goals in sixteen games. I thought he was fantastic.
3: Mm. I really did. Mm. I think he probably still is, but he just keeps he gets injuries. Doesn't it he was the one that for for me he was the first one with the free kick that yeah dipped yeah. the free kick yeah. by hitting the ball in a certain way yeah. And he did it several times towards the uh, Paxton Road. We last member
0: free kick taker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Ericsson to be fair. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now, I think about Gareth. I, I loved
4: him as a as a player, and he had that terrible start when he didn't win in yes. twenty five yeah, games. Cursed. But he was always he was always quite grounded, and he, he was very lucky because his, his parents are genuinely lovely people.
2: Yeah,
4: I think Frank and Betty, their, their names are, and they're so grounded. They really are lovely, and they still can't quite get their head around the fact that their son is this global superstar yeah. at all. But I always felt that he was a player who just wanted to play football, and he lost a bit of that when he went to Real Madrid, yeah, because he, was, he felt he was mistreated, and he yeah. thought, "I oh, was, you know, sod that." Actually, I want to play for Wales.
2: Yeah,
4: I think that's definitely yeah. that. That thing about you know, golf, Wales, golf, yeah. Madrid was, yeah. <laughs> was a, a fair because he, he felt.
2: Yeah.
4: Unwanted. Yeah. And he, all he ever wanted was to be loved. Yeah. And he was loved at Tottenham.
2: Yeah.
4: Absolutely loved at Tottenham.
2: Yeah. And always and he, will be.
4: And he never got that back again. Yeah. you know, And he, look, his career, he won four European Cups at Real Madrid. He won, he, and he's got critical goals in two of those matches. Yeah. Really. And yeah. oh, one of the greatest goals you'll ever see in a major final oh. against against Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, in the history of football, one of the greatest goals in a major final. Yeah, Yeah. He's up there with uh, um,
1: Zidane. Van, the,
4: Zidane. The, the, the Zidane and the yeah. Van Basten goal in eighty-eight. Yeah.
3: Just st- astonishing goals yeah. to win. Yeah. I mean, how did he ever start playing? I know he was bought as a fullback, but I was told. I, I've got I had a friend who played with me in the promotion years at Southampton, and he told me, "I hear you are after Gareth Bale." He said, "If you do get him, don't play him at fullback. He will be a wonder." Left side midfield. Yeah, mm. and if he could see it, why didn't we? Was it what? Well, we was did it, eventually, what final but, did? Yeah. What semi-final did we play? Was it Portsmouth, Portsmouth when they were asking him to run the length of the one the left-hand side onto balls that were played yeah. up the left wing? Mm. I couldn't believe that that day.
0: There's Milan he, games, I suppose. That Milan game sounds zero was well, of the game. We tore him apart. We really came of age on the world stage yeah, when we were against the fall down. Was, was, was incredible. But again, you, so like an, a,
4: you, you lose the game and you
0: walk off thinking you've won. That absolutely. was the game. Well, yeah. that's the only game I can think of. Yeah. 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 Everyone very, walked away thinking they like won hell. that game. Yeah. <laughs> Including the inter contingency yeah. yeah. that we yeah. won as well. It's incredible. It's yeah, without a doubt he yeah. would have scored some more. You know? well, let, let, let's go to the strikers. Uh, the one that would, again, anyone who saw him would absolutely, and obviously your. Uh, you know you were lucky to, to play with for a while at Tottenham um, really? we lost them recently nice. Jimmy Greaves
4: Green changing direction so well oh beautiful football what a great goal
1: fabulous goal
3: What more can you say? I think everybody knows what Jim was like and what goals he scored. We've all seen them. He was just a a pleasure to be in the dressing room with, although he he used to put me in the ship with Bill Nicholson so many times. He was unbelievable in putting me in the mire. (coughs) Crazy. But he he was a fun to be with. You need that in the dressing room. You need the lightheartedness. And we, we had them. We had Cyril Knowles. We had Jochenier, Phil Beale. You, whenever you speak to them, you can see that they've got humour, oh. that they can talk and, and be happy about and be, and be and play football as a pleasure. Oh. There were, Jim was just wonderful on the football field. Absolute And Jim. You 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 couldn't get a you couldn't get a player like him now. He'd be taken out. You, you obviously. Early in your
0: career, you got that injury, you were out for effectively a your season. Mm. You did play with him and, and, and gelled early on. Was it a frustration? I know you said he wasn't the same player and there was off-the-field stuff going no, on. He
3: wasn't the same and yeah. I was trying to come back after him, yeah. a, that bad injury. And I couldn't do anything to help Jim, or, mm. but he had his demons, didn't he? Mm. It was unfortunate. But when yeah. you played against him when you were at Southampton...
4: I mean, we watched him as a you know, when you were in, when was young player. I watched Who, uh, him
3: as an England player. Yeah.
4: What, what, did, you, did, did you think, God, I'd love to play with him, or I'll never be able to play with him? How did you cope with the idea of playing,
3: knowing you're going to play with him? Well, just to play with the whole Tottenham team was good enough for me. It wasn't just one player. But to play with Jim is harder than you think. I want to score goals as well. And I I worked it out with Jim that you don't keep giving the ball to Jim just on the edge of the box because he'd he'd try and beat three players and put it in the back of the net. He he never knew what a wall pass was about. (laughs) I'd I'd, I'd knock some people off the ball And pass it to him, but he'd never come back. (laughs) I've got a wonderful photograph at home, a massive one, and it's me on the deck, Jackie Charlton standing over me, Jim just tapping the ball in the net, (laughs) 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 and it's um, it's, Jim signed it as well. it's my pride and joy i think that just sums up my my
1: playing with Yeah, Yeah.
3: i was fortunate to get martin
1: peter's
3: (laughs) but he was he he scored some it goes without saying when we see him dancing He, he danced over a ball didn't he he used to even though it was a muddy pitch he he could skip over the ground and just go past the goalkeeper and tap it in the net. I don't think I can't remember Jim scoring a, a, a goal. Some of you might, but I don't remember seeing Jim score a goal from outside the box. That game, the semi final in '67 against Forest, I think probably edge of the box. Yeah,
4: sure, that's probably that's before one. I came. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but what what? It just sounds silly because it was before my time because I'm not that old. Mm. But when you were growing up, when you were a player playing in the, in the early mid '60s. Chatting about other footballers, because you do. Yeah. What did people think of of Greece Was it reverence? Was it
3: sort of, oh, I don't want to play against him? What was the view of the other... Or- just, just talking about goal scorers, I think there's Jim, and there's the one that I've always idolised, and he's not a Tottenham player, and that was Bobby Charlton. Yeah. Right. Now, you had those two players, and they... Unfortunately, they didn't play in the World Cup final. You know, Jim yeah. sustained an injury, but I think they could have won easier with Jim and, and yeah. Bobby Charlton. Bobby Charlton, for me, was the greatest goal scorer. But you always kidded yourself when you were a young lad. You always kidded yourself you, or you moulded yourself over a player. And I think I probably mold, I couldn't be a Jimmy Greaves but I would like to have been a Bobby Charlton. Because he scored goals like I like scoring goals. The same sort of goals. I, I can shoot Did from outside the box. people forget how
4: talented charton was? He could score from 30 yards... He was two-footed. ..35 yards, and he could get a tap in. He, he could was do two-footed. It
3: all, I remember the World Cup 66, We all, a lot of us do. And he, he smashed them in from outside the box against Mexico, against France, left-footed, then right-footed.
2: He yeah. even scored a header against Mexico, I think. Did he? I think so. Yeah, didn't so score very many. Rare. Very, yeah. very
0: rare. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the other strike you put in, and you're very nice. You I'm put in your, trouble here. Yeah, you, no. well, you could have put yourself in. And no, uh, whenever, I asked him about I that. You were that. Doing that. <laughs> but um that. Especially if I left one out. You talk about that era, and obviously you you, you played, and then Jim Jimmy went, and then obviously a lot of people certain age remember them as the G-men. And, and we we're honoured, honoured to have him do our show uh, when we was discovered after many years in the wilderness Gilly, Alan Gilzean
2: But it's Spurs in possession once more and they're very intelligently spreading this game out as wide as they can Now it's Knowles turning it in Oh, Gilzean! 2-2 What a goal by Gilzean Oh,
4: and what a comeback by Tottenham Again, the cross from the left and again, Gilzean with that head of his to flick it wide of Rimmer. And so from two
3: down. I put Alan Gilzean in there because you have to have somebody who can score goals and put a lot of work in as well and make goals. And I think Jimmy benefited from Gil- Alan Gilzean and I certainly yeah. benefited from him. All round player, lovely to be in the dressing room with. You know, he was another one who, you know, how I many are we going to win by today and go out with confidence? Wonderful. His and reputation of going out late and heavy drinking, was that all true? true? All true. All <laughs> true. There we are. Fair <laughs> enough. I don't, know how, I don't know how he did it. I tried to keep up with him once. I couldn't keep up with yeah. him. We, he was. We woke him. One, we woke him up once in the car park. We could all drive our cars to the car park in Tottenham, and it was a Tuesday morning, something like that. And we, we, we thought, Gilly is sitting in the car. <laughs> so we went over to his car, and he was nodding. He was still nodding off. I knocked the window and said, "Come on, Gilly, we're training. The story was that his wife. Wouldn't let him in at home. Yeah. She was an ex-police woman. She was a superintendent or something. So he wasn't allowed to get in home. So he went down to the ga- the the the, the, ga- the train. match, the train training place, not Jesmond, but right. at the actual football ground, say, okay. and he's able to get in the car park and and he, felt he slept overnight. He still stunk when I when we opened the doors. <laughs> God knows where he'd been, and he was. St- Still, you know... Still drunk. And we got him out, and we thought, Christ, we can't let Bill see him like this. In the dressing room, we got him stripped and got him changed, and we're running... We're running, we're not running. We got him between us, and we got him round one warm-up lap, and then halfway round another, and then Eddie Bailey came out the tunnel, and we're on the far side of the pitch, on the east where the the shelf used to be (coughs) and he's talking away he's chatting away doesn't know you know he doesn't watch where he's going and you remember in the olden days they used to have a big box where they used to have the half time results and they used to pull out the numbers (laughs) and everything well that was empty and they hadn't put it back after the weekend and he's chatting away and he's kicked the back of that box and he went headlong into it (laughs) and we said right screw him down (laughs) he took he took some skin off the side of his leg and he had to go into the treatment room i think that was the best place for him and he went in the treatment room how he got away with it i don't know but in in his to say that he was the fittest player in the football team didn't never carried weight it was always slim, and he could run... We used to have 10-lap races at Tottenham, and I used to join Jim at the back. We, we hated these 10-lap things that they used to do. Some people used to try and impress. But Gilly, when he put his mind to it, ran Terry Naylor into the ground, Joe Kaneer into the ground. He could win any race... You would you wouldn't dream of you you would never dream that Gilly could do that, especially the way he lived. It was outrageous.
0: There the famous the famous story when uh, a fan told Bill Nick and Bill Nick apparently approached Gillsie and said, "Some Spurs fans have seen you going into a club, sorry, g- leaving a club." four in the morning should, anytime and he told us no he's just going in
1: when we
3: were away on when we were away in Mauritius on tour he was heading the chandelier <laughs> <laughs> he had a drink in his hand and he's going up a wallop and it was swaying like this. <laughs> We said, you'll hurt yourself, Gilly. (laughs) He did stupid things. Couldn't swim. Panicked when he got knocked into the swimming pool. (laughs) Pat was another one. Oh, really? No, he can't swim. Uh, Even with those those great big hands. (laughs) 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 He could paddle, but he couldn't (laughs) swim.
0: Oh, dear. well, at that, Martin. Thank you so much for your yeah. time. Yeah. In fairness, before anyone listening goes or whatever, you did crowbar Harry Kane and Ledley King and his subs because yeah. you felt bad. I knew I'd get them. a lot of. You had, to, you, you, you had to crowbar and that's, subs. That's but...
3: my list that I put, and there's a lot of crossing. There's a lot of crossing running. out there. Look at midfield that. Midfield players. It's like an old slip. I've Didn't got you? midfield players here that have yeah. yeah. not been mentioned. We've got our dealers, Modric, Ericsson, Alan Mullery. <laughs> how, how could I leave Helen Mullery out yeah. it's because I, I just thought about it and I put Harry in there because you can't have Harry and Jimmy Greaves playing together no, never you much. can't can you you'd need two footballs That's yeah, right. exactly. Well, but look, thank you Harris, so much he will do it he will probably break Jim's record but yeah. then I'll put him in
0: <laughs> it's been a, a wonderful show thank you so much please do your show appreciate appreciation. <laughs>
1: If you want to advertise on or
0: sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbocasino.com.
1: It's
4: my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>